All right, Jason and Alex back again. Looks like we might have a little bonus podcast on the books for this week. I'm not too sure what's going on, but you know what it is? We just can't get enough. We just can't get enough fantasy football. It's preseason draft time. Like nothing. There's no better time of year in my mind than right now. I love all of the just yes work and you know, everything swirling and surrounding all of these teams and these players. The anticipation, the yeah. smoke signals, the unanticipated injuries, all of it. Maybe the Bears have a quarterback for the first time in their entire existence. Wow. Like, wouldn't knows? that be something? Very exciting times. Yeah. So we, uh, me, me and Jason were sitting here talking and we're like, who in the blue hell are blue. you supposed to be taking in rounds like, three, four, five at this point from a running back perspective. It seems like there's so much more wide receiver depth than there is running back depth. All the running backs go early and then you kind of look around and you're like, what do I do? So yeah. we're here to try to solve those problems. Yeah. One guy, before we get started I do, and dive in, I do want to say one guy that we are not going to uh, talk about today that uh, we already have is Mike Davis. We featured him on our Faces in New Places podcast uh, and also a separate little highlight video that's on our YouTube. So if you're looking for that Mike Davis good good, why don't you go check out either one or two of those. And with that, let's get it rolling. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krobe. Let's go fantasy football sackos two for one special this week. You know how we do it as we get closer to uh, to draft time. We got to we got to hit you with all that good and the good knowledge and uh, beat you over the head with it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in again. We're going to be talking about um, four sort of mid round RB2 kind of types that we feel could potentially sneak in as maybe some bottom end wide running back ones or have running back one weeks guys that uh, th- maybe there's just some questions about and then uh, maybe a couple people were trying to avoid. So we, I think we have maybe four players or so on tap today. And if you haven't yet, go check out our rankings at the fantasy Leave us a review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page. We're very close to 200. We'd love you for that. Otherwise, uh, download the podcast. That helps instead of just listening to us as well. Um, but hey, we're thankful that you're along on this journey. Hopefully, we can win you a title. Uh, remember, leagues are not... Uh, you can certainly not lose a league in your draft, but you can certainly win one. Like If you just go bonkers and crush it, like you'll win. There's enough waivers and ads drops and things like that that you can come back even if you have a crappy draft. But if you can really hit and have knowledge, especially for these four guys that we're going to be talking about to maybe target when you're sitting there and everybody's like, man, running backs. Oof, this is rough. Yeah. Um, we, we have a couple guys that maybe you should keep in mind. All right. With that, let's just dive in, shall we? First up has to be Daryl Henderson. So with uh, the traumatic torn Achilles for Cam Akers, really thrust Daryl Henderson into the spotlight this season. Um, It really sucks because Akers was going to be one guy that 
yeah. he's basically going in the top 10 of drafts. Um, yeah. and, and now that he's hurt, all See of a sudden later. you have, yeah, you have Daryl Henderson who is, you know, not going in the top 10 of drafts and it's a running back. So, and I'm not going to say that Cam Akers is easily replaceable, but all of a sudden there's just like no love for Daryl Henderson, which is somewhat confusing. Yeah, I uh, I don't agree with it at all. Personally, I think Daryl Henderson has the potential to do great things this season. Um, we just did a mock draft, a mock draft. If you haven't listened to our mock draft podcast, he actually was the first pick in round four. So um, I think that that is a huge value right now. Uh, and that was on sleeper. Also, shout out to sleeper. Uh, but Daryl Henderson averaged. Just over 10 touches per game in 2020 uh, finished with 700, just over 780 yards and six scores. Cam Akers was a day two draft pick for the Rams. You know who else was a day two draft pick? Daryl Henderson. Like they have very similar pedigrees and draft, you know, draft value for that team in that regard. The Rams were seventh in run plays per game last season. And Alex, I have a fun challenge for you. Can you name two other running backs on that team other than Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers? Uh, I wrote them down, so but I would have failed because <laughs> I, 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 I did the same thing as you where I went to the depth chart and I was like, all right, who could possibly replace Daryl Henderson? And the answer is these guys. Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, Ooh. Raymond Jake, Kali, Jake Funk, what a name, and the Funky Bunch, and Otis Anderson Jr. So I'm just saying, Daryl Henderson has got 20 touches staring him in the face. Easily. It's I really possible. do think that. Malcolm it's Brown really isn't there. Cam Akers yeah. is done for the year. It's Daryl Henderson's show. Easily. Like the yeah. beginning of the fourth for him, I think is crazy value. We think that that uh, position or that offense is going to look better with Stafford at the helm. I don't know why more people wouldn't be up on Henderson. I would anticipate his ADP to climb, honestly. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising that that happens. Again, to your point, he was 31st in carries last year, 31st in, in rushing yards in a, in a very split backfield. Yeah. Right. And I mean, Cam Akers had seven more carries and one more yard than him last year. So just those two, you smush them together. That's 290, 280 carries, 1,250 yards. Yeah. That's fine. And like you just said, there's nobody else there. No, there's nobody there. It's, I just, people are down on him because he's not Cam Akers. But guess what? You know what? Honestly, maybe it could have been it could turn out better than Cam Akers would have anyway, because Cam Akers would have still had to occasionally acquiesce to Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson yeah. doesn't have to acquiesce to anybody. True. They're not going to take him out to put in Jake Funk. I don't think so. Anyway, I understand that Daryl Henderson's only five, eight, 208 pounds, but still like. That's not that's it's on the smaller side from a height perspective, but that's not that small from a weight perspective for uh, today's NFL running back. And he is just as shifty as anybody else in the league. So 
I'm up on Daryl Henderson. I do not think that he should be drafted in the fourth round. I think he's probably a mid to high third round draft pick uh, mm-hmm. at this point, um, just because of workload. Uh, guys that got drafted ahead of him or went before him in our mock draft include Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson. I would take Henderson over the both of them. Uh, DeAndre Swift went in front of him. I would take Henderson over him too. So I really think he should be going towards the middle and front of the third round and not at not uh, at the beginning of the fourth where he did for us. Yeah, especially because essentially what you just named off um, were some running backs that are going to be splitting time potentially right yeah and i it fantasy is really all just comes down to his opportunity right these guys are professionals they're going to produce that's why they're at that level and it's whoever gets the most opportunities is going to give you the most points daryl henderson's going to have the most opportunity so seems kind of logical right boom bow kachow gets you some daryl henderson all right do you do you think just kind of randomly here with Sean McVay running the ball the seventh most times yeah. in, in football last year, you, th- you would expect that number to go down at least a little bit, right, with Stafford, because you're going to assume they're going to pass the ball a little bit more uh, instead of Jared Goff being there. Honestly, one thing I think that might happen, yes, the short answer to that question is yes. The long answer to that question is I think – It'll be a little bit difficult to truly measure Stafford's impact when you couple it with the Cam Akers loss, because I think Cam Akers is better suited to be that three down back and early that's down fair. bruiser and goal line, goal line back than somebody that's 5'8", 208 pounds. So I think that they might end up throwing any more just by virtue of that. But. The answer was yes, regardless. I just think now it might even be a little bit more exaggerated. So get you some Stafford. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I would also say that just a friendly reminder, this is Daryl Henderson's third year in the league. The first year he sat behind Gurley and last year he was splitting time, essentially. Yeah. So it was, injured. you know, he, yeah, he, he knows that offense inside and out uh, with having been there for three years. And so there's no reason to not think that he won't be extremely productive um, and given the opportunity to be a three down back versus where he probably wasn't going to get that chance. And again, Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, Raymond Colias. Yeah. And I mean, just to reiterate, he finished with almost 800 yards on just over 10 touches a game like that. He's going to have close to 20 touches a game. So it's possible. I he could definitely be flirting with 12, 13, maybe flirting with 1400 yards, could be flirting with double digit touchdowns. So I'm just saying that's a hell of a value for a guy going right now at the beginning of the fourth round. Yeah, and that and he's a name that you don't think is super sexy, right? It it just no, doesn't it's not it, he's it just, five eight. It, yeah, it just doesn't have the the luster to it. It's just quantity. And the, the quality might be there too, but it's purely just a quantity play. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I would say is I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one of those backups finds a way to carve out like a goal line role. That, that would be the only thing that wouldn't surprise me because he is 5'8". But I think he would still be on the field much like a Tariq Cohen type. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, it, hard to tell. Uh, they're not, I'd be surprised if they even play him the preseason. He didn't play the first week. 
of the preseason just because they they basically have to get him there healthy. Right. Uh, they, they don't really have a choice at this point. Next up, we have Damian Harris. Damian Harris finished with 743 yards from scrimmage in 10 games, uh, which in a 16-game season is just about 1,200 yards. Um, only the Ravens and Titans ran the ball more than the Patriots did last season. Mm-hmm. You have James White on passing downs. You do have Cam Newton there, the vulture, the one, the only, um, probably one of the bigger vultures in on any team, um, but also leads to that, you know, hefty run, rushing attempt number as well. Um, what are you looking for out of Damian Harris? Do you think that he officially has the breakout season? and overthrow Sony and it's his gig all year. I feel like he definitely over overtakes Sony, right? So yeah. Michelle is one of those guys where he wasn't dynamic enough where, you know, when it was him and James white, it was, Oh, well, when James white's in the game, they're going to throw and when it's Sony Michelle in the game, they're going to run. Talk about predictable, crazy. This comes down to Mac Jones. This comes down to Cam yeah. Newton. Yep. And, and what do you think is going to happen with the quarterback situation there? If Cam Newton's playing, that's going to hurt Damian Harris's value strictly from a touchdown perspective. I think the yardage could still be there, but the, the touchdowns are the killer. And we've talked about touchdowns win you fantasy leagues. You have to score touchdowns. Now, when Damian Harris played last year, he had 10 or more carries in every game except for one against Denver. And he basically averaged five plus yards in, in pretty much every single one of those games. He was super productive when he played. He was fantastic when he played. So I, th- he is going so late that his upside is much greater than many other players that are going in that same same range. Uh, what's his ADP right now? Is it? It's somewhere in the seventh round, I believe. Um, may, maybe even eighth, if you could check on that. So yeah, but they they ran yeah, the ball. You got him most. as the tenth pick in the seventh round. Yeah. So he again, New England ran the ball the third most times. Um, if if nothing else, Josh McDaniels um, and Bill Belichick like to run a balanced offense where they're going to run the ball just to make you respect it. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I like Damian Harris a lot. Uh, I'm expecting that he will get the vast majority of the plays. James White just, he was there. He re-signed. He just didn't seem like he played that much. Damian Harris or Raheem Mostert? Um, that's, a, that's a tough one for me. Um, because Raheem Mostert's so freaking fast. Like, he's like wide receiver fast. And when he's healthy, for two I, weeks. Think he's, I think he's great. But that, right, that's the issue, is can he stay healthy? And he's never really proven it. You and me talked about him last year going in like the fifth round of just having extreme value in one of those like ultimate boom or bust guys, right? Yeah, I think I think Damien Harris has a higher floor yeah. than, than Mostert by a considerable amount. Um, I think Mostert has a slightly higher higher ceiling, um, but I I would tend to go for the floor the higher floor guys. Miles Gaskin or Damien Harris? Oh, 
Malcolm Brown started over Miles Gaskin week one preseason. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like I don't like Dolphins running backs. I don't like I, yeah. I don't really care for the Dolphins offense. Yeah, I, there's there's just nothing there that I really want. Um, but the, I would say the Patriots offense is just like a step above that, though. Like it's not it's, like this, like it, a baby step. Yeah, not it's like not a, like oh man, like I got a little baby ramp. Patriots offense instead of the Dolphins offense. It's both both aren't very good. Um, so yeah, I I think I think I would take Damian Harris over both of them, but that's probably just a higher floor preference. I agree as well. I think Harris is the move. I think he's going to be one of the biggest mid round draft values this year. Uh, I just think he has the potential to absolutely pop um, on pace for well over a thousand yards in a 16 game season. The man just missed games at the beginning of the year when people draft and after they draft, and then he missed a bunch of games at the end of the season when everybody needs their players the most. So here he comes walking in this year, sort of under the radar. You got Cam back and everybody just thinks Cam's going to ball hawk and that offense might not move a whole lot. But I also don't really think that Cam is going to start the whole year because he was abysmal for the majority of last season. So I also think a quarterback change could do good things for Damian Harris and get more of a traditional offense going again. Yeah. And I, you know, Damian Harris was good at Alabama. Uh, he was not a Najee Harris good at Alabama, um, nor does he have the receiving chops that Najee Harris does, obviously. So, it, you know, he, he did not have many catches last year in, in his limited work uh, while he was playing. And I, I would not expect him to have a ton of catches this year either. And I, what do you have, like four last year or something like that? Yeah. Uh, so. It's one of those things where that's uh, that's not going to cut it. So if he's not scoring touchdowns, um, he he could be a bust. But I, I think that you and me both agree that the the carries will be there and the opportunities will be there. And hopefully Mac Jones takes over at some point in the season and then the touchdowns will start being there. Yep. Moving on. Next up, we have running back DeAndre Swift. He has missed most of camp so far with a sore groin. Ouch! Hey man, when your groin hurts, there's only one one way to make it feel better. What's that? Resting and doing nothing. Oh. And that's what he's doing, Jason. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Where do you uh, think I was going with that? Speaking of groins, uh, his coach has spoken a lot about a hot hand approach. Uh... And uh, really just going with whoever is, uh, you know, having the better day. And he said that it would be hard to take Jamal out if he uh, gets hot. So they've gone from in the offseason prior to acquiring Jamal, they've gone from saying he's going to have 25 touches a game and he's the workhorse to now talks of a one, two punch, a one, a one B potentially shared aspect thing going on here. I mean, what do you just for the record, hot hands also help uh, an injured groin. I would just like to like to mention that as well. So what do you think about DeAndre this season? (laughs) I don't know. Um, This is uh, his coach is kind of crazy. Dan Campbell. 
Uh, in case you haven't read anything about him, you should go check out some of his quotes. Um, there's no way that they don't run the ball an absolute shit ton. There's just no way, right? Like the 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 way that he's talked. Jared Goff is their quarterback. We've talked about them not having any wide receivers on previous podcasts. Please check out the tight end podcast if you'd like to hear me and Jason try to name uh, two or three wide receivers for the Detroit Lions. Again, I still cannot do that. Um, <laughs> if you were to put me on the spot now, I, st- I literally still couldn't do it. Um, so they, they ran the ball the 29th most times last year. I would expect them to be in the top 10 of, of rush attempts this year. I just think based they on finish middle of the pack at best. Oh, really? I think that their team sucks and they're going to be down in every game and they won't be able to run. That might be true. Um, but I think the only way that they're going to be able to move the ball and, and it helps, right? The, the way that you beat the three teams in their division is by running the ball. Like if you're going to beat the Bears, it's going to be on the ground. If you're going to beat the Packers, it's definitely on the ground. If you're going to beat the Vikings, it's going to be on the ground. So just right there, six games where they're going to run the ball a ton. As the, their divisional games are a little messy, but but you know you get my point. I I think he's going to run the ball two hundred and thirty times this year ish. Wow! Because I I think they have to. That's the only way that they have a shot. And you know he's proven that he's a good receiving back out of the backfield. Um, he had three or more catches in every game that he played, except for one last year. So that sets a relative. So even if they're behind, he's still going to be able to be productive through the air. And like, yes, you he don't had the think drop Jamal week. Williams does anything to this. He'll be there. Okay. I mean, I, I think that they're going to have to give, give them both a ton of work. Okay. I, I just think, I just think they have to. So even if Williams has, uh, let's say eight to twelve touches a game. Yeah, that puts him somewhere in the hundred and thirty, hundred and forty carry range. I still think that DeAndre Swift is going to have two hundred plus because they they're just going to have to. Okay, Alex, does what did you do? What were you doing in two thousand and thirteen? Um, I just got my first full-time job. Okay. So eight years ago, you had just gotten your first full-time job. Uh, yeah, it was November of 2012. So, so just, just starting 2013, I was like an adult. Um, yeah. Okay. Wifeless, girlfriendless. I was uh, sitting, sitting alone in my parents' bedroom constantly doing nothing. Does it feel like eons ago? Yeah, it was a completely different lifetime ago. Well, 2013 is the last time that the Detroit Lions had a running back rush for more than a thousand rushing yards. I think that ends this year. You think that ends this year? Yeah. All right. Well, as a bonus, can you name the running back in 2013 that went over a thousand yards? I think I can. It's Reggie Bush, right? It is Reggie Bush. A thousand and six. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It could happen. Could. Uh, there's. I mean, there's a non-zero chance where it doesn't happen. Like, there's a world where there's there's a greater than zero percent chance that it's just a giant fiasco. 
in that backfield and on that team, quite honestly. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I almost want to make it a board bet for us this year that DeAndre Swift would go over a thousand. A thousand uh, rushing or total? I, th- I think you can get to a thousand rushing yards. Would you go 11? 1100? Would you go 1100? No. Okay. I don't know. Would you split it at 10-5? No, just a thousand. They haven't done this since <sighs> nine years ago. The, um, but it, she would have to stay healthy. That'd be my only caveat. If he stays healthy, there's no reason why he won't have over a thousand yards. Yeah. Okay. Well, and with the added game, it just, I just, I don't want to take that, but. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Oh, no, with the, with the added game, I'll go 1050. That's fine. With the added game, will you go 11? No. Ugh. All right. Uh, this is a silly board bet to make because I really do honestly think that I will lose it if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, you should lose every single one we do. But I don't want to make this one. So I refuse. Then don't make it. All right. Okay. I'm not doing it. I withhold. I stand strong. Because I think Handy. he goes over a thousand. I don't know. Well, call me whatever you want. I like being the one to make him because then I I feel strongly about something. I don't feel strongly about DeAndre Swift being the only weapon on a one weapon team. Like he's going to get a shit ton of work. He should anyway. He has to. He has to. I'd I'd be shocked if he stayed healthy with it. But yeah. Ugh. All right. Last up, we have Josh Jacobs. This Josh is Jacobs Jingleheimer Schmidt. Na 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 na. Josh Jacobs Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name is my name too. Oh right. Well, that went on for an extra bar, four bars that it didn't <laughs> need to. Um, man, I don't know what to do with Josh Jacobs. Like, Kenyon Drake is there. I get it, and I don't like it. But let me just read you some Josh Jacobs stats, shall I? Josh Please. Jacobs was third in carries with 273. He was eighth in rushing yards with 1,064. He was fourth in total touchdowns with 12. He was fourth in missed tackles with 84. 80 freaking four missed tackles. It's a lot. He was seventh in breakaway runs with nine. He was fifth. And yards created by a running back with 446. Josh Jacobs was third in goal line carries. Guess how many goal line carries Josh Jacobs had? Uh, let's go with 12. 16. <laughs> you were off by a third. He was second in red zone touches. Guess how many red zone touches the man had? He had 16 at the goal line. Let's go with 32. 65 red zone touches. Holy crap. Holy crap, Josh Jacobs. It's a lot. That is a metric shit ton, actually. Um, Scientific. Yes. You know us at the Sackos, only the best. <laughs> but I'm just, just saying, he had 65 red zone touches and finished with 12 total touchdowns. That, that number could have been higher. 12 touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at. Oh, absolutely not. He was fourth. I'm just saying it could have been higher. If he he was scoring at the same percentage that Aaron Jones did a couple years ago, that number would have been like 25. I was going to say 37. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
Josh Jacobs was wider or sorry, was running back eight last year. That, that's where he finished. And he's currently going running back 19. Um, oh, baby. So what's the disconnect? I'm, I guess I'm not sure why. Like, I, I know that Kenyon Drake's there. Kenyon that's Drake uh, finished running back 14 last year. I mean, is there not a, is there not a world where they can kind of coexist and still be, you know, almost like a chub and, um, oh, oh, whose name am I blanking on right now? Kareem Hunt, uh, for the Browns. Is, is there not a world where you think you know, that they they're like the Walmart version of that? Uh, they're like the off brand Kareem Hunt I get, and Nick I Chubb. I guess. Yeah. They're like tissues instead of Kleenex. Exactly. So if you yeah. can afford that good, good, you go get you some Nick Chubb. If you can't afford that. Yeah, well, go go get the cotton swabs instead of uh, Q-tips. <laughs> go, get, go, get, go get you some Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that's it, right? That's it. Um, and it should it, be noted that Josh Jacobs finished in, ahead of Nick Chubb last year. Yeah, it, it, that is actually worth noticing. Not- noticing, yes. Um, I don't know. I it just it's Kenyon Drake. It's the Kenyon Drake effect. It's he had a couple Drake, of good seasons. Drake effect snow. Uh, it's he had a couple of good seasons, but like to discount him to running back nineteen, that's offensive. That's a little far. I think that's a bit much. I still think he's a mid to high end running back too. I don't know. I wouldn't put him outside of my, I don't know. How far, how far would you? Cause in our mock draft, he went at the end of the third. Would you take him over Chris Carson? Would you take him over DeAndre Swift? Would you take him over Montgomery? I know that answer's a no. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I guess I, I don't know. I, I think he's going in about the right spot as far as where I personally would take him. Yeah. I would be excited to get him at the end of round three, but it's hard to justify him going earlier than that yeah. um, because of the Kenyon Drake effect. Right. But let's just think about Kenyon Drake here for a second. So last year he had 955 yards, 10 rushing touchdowns. Like that's really good. You know, that, yeah. that's just, he's not going to go away. Before that, his best season was the year before, where he had 817 total yards. Uh, 640 of those and eight touchdowns were in eight games for Arizona. So he was really good once he went to Arizona. But before that, he didn't really do jack for Miami. He's now 27. And he's like, are they going to be in a timeshare? That, that's why you can't put... Josh Jacobs higher than that because you don't know what that offense is going to look like. Josh Jacobs is really good, but how is John Gruden going to use him? That's like, we don't know. And that unknown drops him to the third round and you hope that there's minimal impact and Josh Jacobs is great or you're in split time hell. Josh Jacobs created 450 yards himself last season which was fifth at the running back position he created one and a half yards per touch which was 17th overall Kenyon Drake created 175 yards compared to Josh Jacobs 
450, which was 36th. Instead of, uh, what, one and a half yards created per touch, he created it half a yard per touch, which was 54th. Like He's not as good. He's simply not as good. He, You know what he had? He had opportunity. He was seventh in carries, fourth in red zone touches, and uh, the Cardinals ran the sixth most run plays per game last year. Like... Yeah, some of, some of that was Kyler Murray scramble-based, right? But to, yeah. to your point. I'm just saying, the dude is... He is not... He's not overwhelmingly... He's not... I don't think he's on the same level as Josh Jacobs, by any means. No, I agree with you. I, I think he really could be relegated to a complimentary, you know, give him a breather, relief kind of role. He could definitely, that could easily be Drake's role. It's just everybody sees the stats and it's like, oh my God, can you Drake? Can you Drake? But then if you actually look at his pure ability compared to Josh Jacobs and uh, compared to just thinking about his opportunity, because again, as you said and have said so many times, these guys are all professionals. They're all going to be able to produce to a certain degree given the right opportunity. Kenyon Drake has, has had a hell of a lot of opportunity. So he produced with it to a limited fashion. He was also really frustrating at times. So I'm just, I am not out on Josh Jacobs. I planted my flag last year and called him the absolute steal of every draft. Uh, I thought he could finish as a top six RB, finish as RB eight. I will take that as a dub. But, um, I do think that I am still high on Josh Jacobs. I think he is an extreme value at the end of the third and could easily finish as a low end running back one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just keep in mind, Kenyon Drake was signed to a two year deal with $11 million guaranteed. Um, and that's not a small amount for running back. So they're definitely going to use him at least in some capacity. Uh, also, Josh Jacobs, uh, over a thousand yards uh, each of the first two years in the NFL. Um, and keep in mind, he's he dealt with shoulder injuries that first year. Um, seven touchdowns and 12 touchdowns. He's a uh, he's a great value at the end of round three. There's no doubt about it. And you just kind of what the, wherever the chips fall, they they fall. Right. But yeah. e- even with Kanye and Drake last year, I think he was going like in the middle of the second round. And that was something where we're like, just stay away. There's no way I want anything to do with that. No. In the second in the second round, of course, I would not touch Josh Jacobs. But in the third round, all right. Now we're now we're we're dabbling a little bit. Absolutely. Anybody else that we forgot about, Alex? Anybody else you want to give a shout out to? Special mention? No, I, I just wanted to reiterate again. Uh, Mike Davis uh, is kind of our our guy that that we really enjoy. Um, Go also going in the fifth round. Um, there, there's so many kind of like you could look at at um, Robinson for Jacksonville, who um, you know James finished as as a rookie last year. He was a top seven back. Uh, he's going in round six. You know, and yeah, yeah he's split. He's splitting time with Travis Etienne. Um, but if if the Raiders are the Walmart. Like Jacksonville might be like the TJ Maxx or or something or maybe they're Goodwill. Who knows? But like you can still find quality stuff. Um, 
at, at cheap prices. So if you're uh, with, with James Robinson going that late, I, I think there is value there. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. The only other person I might mention is just, does there, does there have to be a Buffalo Bills running back that makes sense at some point? Um, you know, is, is it Devin Singletary or Zach Moss? Zach Moss. The, the, theoretically, one of them has to do something. It's like Zach Moss. As, as Josh Allen just signed a massive contract, I, I would hope that they start calling more running plays, <laughs> like design running plays for their running backs to get them involved so that their quarterback takes less hits. Um, so Zach Moss went in round nine uh, of our mock draft that we recorded uh, and posted earlier this week. So that's that's somebody that, you know, you can target a little bit later and and maybe maybe he takes off. Yeah, a hammy um, go out on him. Uh, that happened last week and then he missed uh, the preseason opener in Detroit. Uh, honestly, I don't care if he misses every single preseason game. I would almost prefer it because I yeah. really do think that he takes over and is the guy in Buffalo. So I am 100,000% okay with him missing time. I think that he will eventually have a stranglehold on that job uh, over Singletary, Matt Breda, and whatever else is over there. So, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the Zach Moss train. Uh, the only other backfield situation I'm going to put you on the spot with is last year, your preseason sleeper that you could not get enough of was Ronald Jones. It's true. And now they have Leonard Fournette and also Giovanni Bernard on the first drive while Tom Brady was under center. All three played on the first possession. (laughs) All three came off after that first possession and did not go back into the game. Love it. So Bruce Arians just doing Bruce Arian things. Do you have any inkling or are you leaning anywhere between uh, playoff Lenny, Ronald Jones, Geo? I think that playoff Lenny is just a playoff thing. Um, okay. My, uh, and you know, I love Leonard Fournette. I think, you know, I had him ranked super high last year until he got traded or yeah. cut actually. Um, Ronald Jones had 192 carries last year, seven rushing touchdowns. He had 700 yards rushing and six rushing touchdowns the year before. You know how Tom Brady loves to run his offense where, hey, this guy's in the game, we're going to run the ball. And if this guy's in the game, we're going to pass the ball. Giovanni Bernard is an excellent receiving uh, running back. He basically takes on the James White role, who was super successful at it uh, for the Patriots now for Tampa Bay. Um. They the good thing is they can all catch the ball out of the backfield, so it doesn't like they all have decent hands. Yeah, uh, Ronald Ronald Jones is is entering his fourth year. Um, he's been around since 2018, which is kind of crazy. Um, regular season, I would take Ronald Jones. Um, but that's a backfield that I'm probably staying away from, just because you you don't know what you're gonna get. Ronald Jones went in the middle of the seventh round ahead. That's good. Ahead of Damian Harris. I would much rather have Damian Harris. Yeah, I agree. So 
Um, I think that does it for me. Anybody else you want to chat about? Are you good? Nope. I I plugged Gus Edwards uh, on the uh, mock draft that we posted already. Um, AJ Dillon is somewhat intriguing, um, but I still think that Aaron Jones uh, is the the clear guy there. Um, And other than that, you're just looking at handcuffs, right? So uh, Latavius Murray probably has more value, um, but that's only if Jameis is playing. And, you know, uh, you have the Pollards of the world to replace Elliott. Um, who knows what's going to happen with the Indy backfield? I do think Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines have value. Um, and then I, I guess the one thing is Saquon. We haven't really talked about what happens if he gets hurt and who their backup is um, after being dinged up last year. So um, that's something to keep your eyes on. But otherwise, I think we've pretty much named uh, every draftable running back. Um, but don't forget about Alexander Madison once Delvin Cook gets hurt. Alexander Inevit- Madison. Inevitably. Um, the only other name that I want people to just think about is Philip Lindsay. I really do like him the most out of that crowded backfield in yuck. Houston. Yuck. So, yeah, yuck is right. On that very yucky note, thank you guys so much for listening, watching, however you take us into your life. Um, please like subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that bell, uh, smash subscribe. We are now officially only five subs away from 200. So thank you guys so much for, for liking us. Uh, if you're on an Apple device and you haven't liked our podcast yet, then shame on you, quite frankly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening. We look forward to, uh, Shame. Yeah. Shame. Have a good night. Shame. 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 I don't have a bell or anything to ring. Um, Hey guys, thanks for listening. We love you. Shame. Hey, at least, (laughs) at least you're, we don't have to follow you walking naked down the street with a bell. What even is this? Well, that's a Game of Thrones reference. I understood the reference, but like, you're going to shame our guests for 38 seconds? Yeah. Okay. Shame. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.